My name is Doug Baker. I'm one of the pastors here at Community. And uh, last week we finished up our study of the book of Ephesians, which means that we're starting new, uh, something brand new. We're going to be looking at uh, identity, a uh, sense of who we are in Christ here at Community Reformed Church. We're going to be talking about some of the fundamentals of Community Reformed Church and how we stand on the truth that God has given us. So as I was preparing for today, um, kind of praying into what we should be talking about, uh, the Lord reminded me of a memory from a long time ago. And when I mean a long time ago, I mean like 1986 ancient of days kind of stuff. In 1986, I was in sixth grade and we moved, my family moved from a little town in Northwest Iowa called Hull, Woo! birthplace of the pizza ranch. Oh yeah. Well, good chicken. Also the place where I got stuck on top of a grain elevator and had to be rescued by the cops. 1,700 people, Hull, Iowa. We moved from there to the bustling city of Sioux Center, 4,500 people. Yes, lots and lots of people. Like, they had a high V. <laughs> it was big stuff. And when we moved, uh, that meant changing schools, and I was kind of a dorky kid. Uh, so I didn't have the social skills, I didn't make friends easily, and when we moved that meant uh, I felt a little uncomfortable. So I just kind of kept my head down and didn't really engage for a, quite a while. It wasn't until my junior year of high school that I finally started figuring myself out a little bit. I got a little more comfortable and I decided, you know what, I, I really need a group of friends. I need to have some people to hang out with. And so I pressed into finding a group to belong to in my class of 52 students. Mm. So I had a couple of options. I had four options, actually. And this is probably going to sound familiar. If you went to a public high school, some of the things I'm going to describe are going to be things you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And you can think back to what group you were a part of. The names we used are probably not the names you used, but I'm sure... I'm sure that this is going to ring some bells. So let me just walk you through my options here. When it came time to join a group, to have a group of friends, to have some folks to hang out with, I could choose, well, the first group I could choose from was what we called the preppies. Um, the preppy kids, these were the jocks. These were the folks that um, were well-coiffed. And when I mean well-coiffed, I mean like the girls had like bangs that went that high. <laughs> Defied gravity. Um, the guys wore designer jeans, and we always did this, like, they did this weird thing where they would take the cuffs of their jeans, and they would, like, fold them over and then roll them up so they were really tight against their ankles. Did you do that? Kids are weird. I also found out, and I didn't find this out until way later, that uh, the preppy kids also engaged in the use of, um, oh, substances, um, and engaged in other nefarious teenage activities. But, and here was the caveat, it was a secret. No one was allowed to know. They had an image to uphold. So that was the preppy group. That was one option for me. Um, the next option was, uh, we called these kids the brainy kids. Maybe you've heard like nerds or something like that. We didn't call them nerds. That seemed pejorative. Um, it, we kind of respected these guys. This is the valedictorian. This is the honor roll students. These are the kids like Northwest Iowa. You know who they are. They're going to make something of themselves. They're going to be the folks like they're going to run the world someday. And we knew that. 
So we, we just called them the Brainies. So that, that was one other option for us. Uh, there were, well, this is Northwest Iowa, so there was the FFA kids, um, the future farmers of America. They were going into the family business. Um, they were going to, they were learning what it meant to basically feed the country, or they were going into the trades, which meant they were gonna keep the country running. Um, they knew exactly who they were and where they were going, and, uh, and they didn't care about grades in sociology or psychology, but they could rebuild a carburetor without batting an eye. That was another option. And then there was the final option, and this was the group that we called the, the dirt heads. Long hair, torn jeans, heavy metal music, pierced ears, that substance thing I mentioned before, they did that too, but they didn't care if you knew, right? Like this is the group, many of them had been in the back of a cop car like this. Yeah? So here are my options. I found a group of friends. I finally had a group that I could belong to can you guess which one? I, I almost brought a picture. I was a dirthead. Yeah, <laughs> I was a dirthead. I had hair, <laughs> long hair, like middle of the back ponytail kind of hair. <laughs> I know. Um, I also had the torn jeans, also listened to the music. Um, I had holes in my ears. Now, one way that I was different from that group, and it didn't seem to bother them, I was not a substance guy, and they were cool with that. They were my friends. And we got to spend some life together in high school, and we got in a little bit of trouble together, and we would play backyard football and end up bleeding together, and, and it, was, it was quite a life. And it wasn't until I had a group of friends that I realized how lonely I had been for four and a half years until I had an experience that taught me something really important about what it means to be human, that there's something inside all of us. We, we all have kind of this desire to belong. We want a group that we can call our own. We want friends that we can hang out with. Uh, you see it in every society. You see it in multiple age groups. We all look for something to belong to, to have a people, to have a crowd where, where we have people we can count on, where we know the rules and we get to share life with someone who thinks the way we think and wants the things that we want. Belonging matters. It's important. As I was getting ready for today, I was doing some research about that word, belonging, and I ran into a, a lot of information, sociological studies, psychological studies, all of the experts were agreeing and saying the same thing, how important it is that people belong to something and they know that they belong to something. It is foundational to being human. It is part of how we're made. Which, I mean, if that's true, really explains a lot about what motivates people. When we see how people behave, how they talk, the things that we do, the things that we choose, it kind of starts uh, helping us understand the motivations behind uh, that go what's going on. We often pick and choose the things that line up with the group to which we belong. If it's true, is it true? It's a good question to ask. You're allowed to ask that question. And, I mean, experts might say it, but is it true that we all have an intrinsic need to belong? 
Well, all right, so if you're doubting at all, if you're struggling with the possibility that maybe, maybe you could be an island, but not, maybe just you could be an island, um, let me define belonging for you. And I'll use just this very simple definition. And let's see if this resonates with your heart at all. To belong is to know and be known. To love and to be loved. And that's it. And if that's the definition, that, that sounds pretty core to me. If you're still doubting, let me just share a quote. Let me just share some words from some of those experts, from an expert. Um, I want to share some words that might maybe bring it even more illuminated for us. None of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. Brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ that you might belong to another. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober. Now, that's not in reference to those substances we were talking about earlier. It means to be of clear mind, sound judgment, uh, calm and collected. Let us put on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. In case you didn't catch it, that expert is God in his word, telling us, assuming that part of being people is belonging. It is an assumption. It's, it's important. It is a part of who we are to be known and to know, to be loved and to love. It's why we join clubs. It's why we have families and friends. It's why we join churches. We align ourselves with organizations whose, whose values we wish to espouse. It's why we vote when it comes time for elections so that the things that we believe in strongly will be perpetuated in a greater sense. But now here's the rub. In God's word, it's not just enough to belong to something or some group. What God really wants is that we, his created ones, would belong to him. That he would be the first of how we identify ourselves. Let me, let me finish some of those quotes that I read earlier. I, I started them and I didn't finish them. So let me finish them. None of us lives for ourselves alone. None of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ that you might belong to another. To whom? To him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit in Christ. That we would be defined not by our circumstances, not by the tempests of whatever topic might be raging around us, but that we would be defined by the one who made us and the Jesus who saves us. And in case I'm being too subtle for you, 
God pulls no punches in making sure we understand just how deeply we are dependent on belonging to him. Listen to Jesus in John chapter 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. God says in Jeremiah 17, and this one is just plain, brutally honest. This is what the Lord says. Cursed, cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a, a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in parched places in the desert in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. There's no ambiguity there. We are meant to belong to the Lord. That he is our first, he is our only, he is our primary connection. Like there's a, a vertical connection between us and God and that is the most important piece of who we are on this earth ever. Now that, that doesn't mean that we're not allowed to be a part of other things. That doesn't mean we're not allowed to join earthly organizations. Um, but what that does mean is that anything else that we're a part of, any other group that we join, any a bunch of folks that we're hanging out with, if they get in the way of this connection, then they've got to go. That this connection is never hindered or infringed upon. Our connection to God is the most important thing. That's why the first commandment is this, very simply, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love the Lord your God. Belong to him, number one. But it's okay to belong to things on this earth too. The second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. You can belong to others. But don't let those others get in the way of your connection to God, ever. The only thing, the only thing that will impact this world for good and make a difference is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The only thing that will change this world for good is the gospel of Jesus Christ and our cooperation with his work. That's it. This never, ever gets wavery. So what do we join? What are our options? We can join a lot of things. Um, I mean, well, let's, let's just talk about how wide and varied are the things that we can be a part of. Um, let's use the church as an example. One of the things we look for when we're trying to figure out how we can belong to things is, is whether or not those things reflect our God, whether they reflect true things, whether or not it's based on scripture, right? And there are a lot of different options out there. It's just the way that it is. Why? Because nothing on this earth, no man-made thing, can fully encompass all the things of God. It's just impossible. And so we've got to be varied. Um, 
there are different priorities for things. This church over here is going to prioritize prayer and, 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 and do things differently. This church over here is going to be like a programming powerhouse with discipleship and education. There are churches that are highly liturgical and churches that like to just you know, play, play fast and loose with worship, man. There are places where, where, where their Holy Spirit is invited and healing happens on a weekly, daily basis. And there are places where they would feel robbed if you don't spend 45 minutes digging into the beautiful depths of the truth of God's word. And none of them is better than the other. Our challenge is, is we're trying to figure out to what to belong is to figure out how God's made us and whether or not where we are fits us. Community Reformed Church is unique in its identity in Christ. We have ways that we stand with the Lord. We, we stand only on biblical truth. And, and there are ways that we are unique as a church. And those unique ways define how we respond to things, define the ministries that we start, define the missions that we support, define how we respond to crises. Is the identity that God has given us. And we're not better than another church. We're just different. So today and, and over the next couple of weeks, let's talk about what makes Community Reform Church unique. This will give you a chance to, to ask a question. How, do I align with Community Reform Church? Is this something that I believe in? Um, today I wanna share with you uh, what we call our core values. We have six of them here um, at Community Reform Church, six core values. We believe these things, we stand on these things, they're biblical things, and if you are a part of us, these are a part of you. Okay? Our first core value is something we call empowerment. Empowerment. That God is calling you to participate with him in ministry. That he has given you gifts and the power of the presence of his spirit so that you will go and be and do and enact the kingdom of God wherever you go. We don't believe that we can just be people who sit in a pew and don't do anything. Yay, we had a good time. Let's go out and uh, we'll, we'll come back to church in one more week and we won't think about it in the meantime. No, 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 no. Your whole identity is defined by the call that God has given you to go and be and do. And he'll show you what that is. Empowerment. He's empowering you. Second core value is something we call authenticity. It is impossible to be known and loved if you won't be real. We're not perfect here. At community. We make mistakes. Things happen that, uh, that are not a part of the plan. But you know what? That's okay. We're going to be real about it. If there's one thing we've been learning from COVID, it's, it's difficult to have relationships with people like this, right? Am I, am I smiling? Am I frowning? What's going on there? There are a lot of people in this world that go through life wearing emotional and spiritual masks which means that they're never truly known, which means that they're never truly loved. And we believe that's a tragedy. We're meant to belong, to be known and to be loved. And so we advocate for, we fight for, we believe in authenticity here. Number three, we call this reproduction. If you take a look at the world that God has created, you will, you will notice that things that are alive 
tend to reproduce. Uh, they make more of themselves. Well, we as a church want to be alive, which means we want to reproduce. We want to make more. More what? More disciples, more churches, uh, more believers in Jesus, more leaders. We want to make more because we want to be alive as God has made us alive. Now, it was in the beginning that God said, go and, and flourish in the earth. Now, he did mean physically, he'd meant to fill the earth with people, but he also meant, it wasn't just about physical reproduction, it was also a spiritual reproduction, a call to go out and make more, bring more, share the faith so that more people can be a part of the faith. We don't have to have kids to be a part of that call. We can have spiritual children and spiritual grandchildren. We can create a legacy that will go on for a thousand generations. Reproduction. Number four, we call transformation. Uh, Pastor Trent says it this way, God loves you just the way you are and he loves you too much to leave you that way. We believe that if you are and belong to Jesus Christ, you will become a new creation. And that means the old is going to go away. Those old thoughts, old ways, old feelings, old actions, those things need to be laid down on the altar of sacrifice to the Lord so that the new can be true. You will be transformed in Jesus Christ. Number five, we call this faith is a journey. If we are disciples of Jesus, that doesn't mean that we have arrived. Yay, I believe in Jesus. Now it's all done. The hard work is finished. No, 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 no. The road has just started. This is the beginning of this life. And it means that it's going to be a crazy wild ride. Right? This road marked out for us that he has given us will be filled with both successes and failures. God knows we're going to stumble. He wants better for us, but he knows who we are. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And we will have a chance to celebrate. We will be faithful and we will get it right. And sometimes we will look in the mirror and we will weep at the failures that we have lived through again. And every step of the way, our God and Father will be there with us. He will wrap us up in his loving arms. He will pick us up when we have fallen. He will dust us off and he'll say, okay, what did we learn? Let's go again. Every step of the way, faith is a journey. And then our last core value is something we call less self. Being a part of Community Reformed Church means that this church doesn't exist just for me. It doesn't exist just because of me. It's not about me. This isn't a great place because I get what I want. I am here to serve, to sacrifice, to love, and to be loved. Second Corinthians Paul, uh, who wrote 2 Corinthians, God tells us in 2 Corinthians that if we sow generously, this is a farming term. You don't have to be from Iowa to get this one. If you sow generously, you will reap generously. That my call as a part of this church is to serve, love, and to be with you. And that's gonna cost me. But you know what? You're a part of this church and you're going to love, serve, and you're gonna care for me. We get to fight for each other, not against. 
less self. These are our core values. This is what it means to be community reformed church. This is the heartbeat of who we are, how God has made us. This is how we as a church are connected to him. And if you are a part of this church, if you would like to be a part of this church, these are the things that we expect. I'm gonna close this morning by reading and letting God's word be the last word on all of this. I'm gonna read a passage from Romans chapter 12 that I think in some ways just encapsulates and echoes all the things that I've been telling you. Uh, no, the word dirt head isn't in here. Hear this, God's word. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. By the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Let's pray. Holy God, thank you so much for your faithfulness, for your goodness, for your gentleness, for your encouragement, for, for being the one who calls, for being the one to whom we belong. You know us, and that means we get to know. You love us, and that means we get to love. Show us how to stay connected to you, no matter what is going on. This, this is the Sunday before an election. This is the Sunday before, well, something we've been anticipating for a while. And it can be a divisive moment, but it doesn't have to be. Not if we get to cling to who you are. Not if we make sure that we're prioritizing you, our connection to you, our unity with you. And from that unity, our unity with each other. Help us, help us to keep our heads on straight and minister to our hearts no matter what also that you can receive the glory and so Jesus Christ can be praised. In his precious name we pray, amen.